from the capital of the Commonwealth. This is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Two out. Here's an 0-1 to Simeon. Center field. Guriel's back. It is gone. Texas on the verge. I feel like yesterday would have been the perfect time to have an afternoon baseball game for the World Series. And then three. Baseball does a terrible job of marketing its stars. Now I can't fault them completely here because if I ask the common baseball fan who are the stars in this series. Some of them may struggle. They'll be like, oh, Max Scherzer. Well, I mean, Max Scherzer's washed up. He's not a star anymore. So you sit there and you look at Texas. All right, it's Corey Seager. Corey Seager. That's it. We just cut Matt off right oh, the, in the middle of one of his most thoughtful comments of all time. I So I messed up and pulled a minute <laughs> earlier, so that wasn't the clip I wanted oh. to play. I was basically pulling the clip of him talking about two different types of baseball fans. And what were I listened to most of Matt yesterday since I wasn't on. Um, anyway, uh, the the home run courtesy it. of Fox Sports was the clincher for the Rangers last night to win the World Series. And yes, I, I, I'm glad you did that, AJ, because I listened to Matt yesterday. Welcome to Sports Auto Feel Good Thursday. Sean Robertson's here. He can chime in from CBS Six. Bob Black with you here. AJ over there. Uh, and I was not on yesterday, but I did listen to Matt. As usual, throwing one knife after another at baseball. Mm. Like, I just want to pull him in here and ask him, what did baseball ever do to him to make him so mad about baseball? I don't, I don't know. So I know you picked. You said you picked the wrong clip, AJ, but the thing he was talking about, about playing a day game, <coughs> first of all, let's understand the era that we live in. That's not happening. As low as the ratings may be, they still want that game in prime time. Mm-hmm. They still the advertisers still want those numbers and they still want the game in prime time and baseball fans will watch no matter what the numbers are. Secondly, they started the game at eight o'clock in Arizona in, in on in the East, East Coast, Coast, which means it was five o'clock in Arizona. I mean that's late afternoon. You're talking like one if you if you yeah, started he wants at four like the old days, even older than you. But in my era, when they used to like reel the TV into the classroom and you'd sit and watch it we in black those. and white. Well, not in black and white. Maybe but we in had color. The- I may have color too. Right. That that's what Matt wants. God love him for that because I would love that too. But that's just not happening. Not and that's not series. baseball. That's nobody's fault. That's life. That the NBA finals aren't being played in the middle of the afternoon. The Super Bowl. Isn't being played till six thirty at night yeah, on a Sunday. Play it at one o'clock, Matt. Yeah. Just kick it off like any other Sunday and kick it and off. And it's got to either be in a dome or a warm weather city. It's not going to be in the elements like uh, well, well, Green the ba- Bay. Or, I know, but or Denver. There's another positive for baseballs. It turned out that like Matt was complaining. Oh, it's Texas and it's Arizona. Nobody cares about either of those teams. Well, I tell you, people in both those cities care about those teams, mm. and out west they care about those teams. And we didn't have a single game played in cold weather. No. Like, that did not take away from the performance on the field. The weather was never a factor, really, through the whole postseason. Yeah. Like, even in Philly, the weather was, was fine. In Minnesota, the weather was fine. And the and the two cities that they play the championship game in are in indoor parks yeah. and warm weather cities. So, all of that was fine. The games were not overly compelling. Game one was compelling. I thought last night was compelling. I mean, Zach Gallon took a no-hitter yeah. into the seventh inning. What more do you want? Uh, you well, know. even game four... 
when the Diamondbacks got it to within four. I mean, right. it was eleven to seven, and I think the tying run was on deck or yeah. something like that. So, right. yeah, but it wasn't like the four three three two every move in the eighth or ninth inning Agreed. would be magnified, something like that. Yeah, could have been last night until the Rangers right. erupted for the four mm-hmm. in the ninth and the Marcus Simeon home run that you just heard pretty much ended it. So I knew AJ was going to goad me along a little bit today. So. I quickly typed out a list of all the things wow. that were good about this World Series. And I prefaced that with, no, you're not going to get giant rating numbers out of these two teams. I get that. But if you're a baseball fan, just sit back and enjoy the baseball. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, two new teams. Yeah, Everybody complains about it's the same old teams. Pick a sport, and they complain. This is now the ninth different World Series champ in the past 10 years. Hmm. I mean, what more do you want for diversity? There's no dynasty. There's no same old team over yeah. and over again. And you get a team that's never won it before. Never won it in 63 years. And let's remember, 10 of those years were right here in this area. They Washington. were the Washington Senators before they moved to Texas. Yep. They had a two. They had, they went back to back years uh, in the early 2010s. 10 and 11. Lost to St. Louis and the Giants. one of the most dreadful losses ever. Lost Game Six on the walk off homer. They David came, Freeze. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yeah, yep. They came from the depth of absolute despair a decade Bruce ago. Bochy back out of retirement. Right. He made history because he's like the fifth manager ever to win at least four World Series. I got that for you, Sean. Oh, you do? It's on my list. There Thank you. you. You might have thought we had a pre-show production meeting here. Joe McCarthy. Yep. He was pretty good with the mm-hmm. Yankees. Mm-hmm. Casey Stengel. I believe you've heard of him. I've heard of him. They each have seven. Connie Mack. Connie Mack. Maybe you know Connie Mack. They named a stadium They after named him. a stadium after first baseball game I ever there saw. It was go. in Connie Mack Stadium. There you go. With five. Walter Alston, mm-hmm. Dodgers, yep. with four. Joe Torre, with the four. Yankees. Pretty good that's names. That's a pretty good list. That, that's... And none of them came out of retirement to do it in the first year with a no. team that lost 94 games the year before. No. That's Hall of Fame. You got. I mean, eventually you got to put Bochy in the Hall of Fame. He won three in a six-year period with the Giants. Uh, they got some flying squirrels mixed in with, mm-hmm. with that group. Mm-hmm. And then you come out of retirement. And your first year out of retirement? It's almost like Dusty Baker when he pulled Dusty out in Houston. Either you do it again the second straight year. Uh, it was it was a great story. And Old do- guys can still manage. I like that. And then to go unbeaten on the road. It's on my list. And, uh, I'm sorry. Um, no, keep going. I love this. We're on in the, the same postseason. Page, right? I mean, a team that you wouldn't expect. That would be the one team if you looked at probably that entire list. Who would go undefeated on the road in the entire postseason? I don't think anybody maybe outside of that organization – would say the Texas Rangers would be the team to do it. And they did it. Swept uh, Tampa, swept the Orioles, took all four in Houston, and then you took the three uh, in Arizona. That's amazing. Got tip your hat off to that. All right. In addition to Bruce Bochy with all those accomplishments, how about Corey Seager? And I know Matt Joseph wouldn't recognize Corey Seager if he was walking down Cary Street and he saw him. I, I get that. I understand that. He plays not in a major market team, all of that. But Corey Seager won his second World Series MVP last night. There are only three other guys and only one other position player mm-hmm. that's ever done that. Perhaps you've heard of these names. Sandy Koufax, Bob Gibson, mm. Reggie Jackson. The only other three to be two times World Series MVPs. And the difference with Seager, if, I, if I'm correct, he did it with two different teams. He did it with two different teams. Did it with the Dodgers. And the Rangers. The other ones did it with one team. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. You know of what you speak, Sean. 
So now, AJ, you can go ahead since I'm not on tomorrow, <laughs> taking a less than well deserved day off. I don't have any conflicts. I'm just by weekend, just taking the. You the, can go to games. The, you can I hit could a high go to games. Game. I, I also may just stay away from sports a lot. Not entirely. That won't happen. The Eagles play the Cowboys on Sunday. Come on. You're going to be in front of the TV. Yeah, on that I one. will be for yes, that. Yeah. And, and there'll be some others. But but anyway, you can play this back for Matt tomorrow as my retort. AJ to all of his criticism of baseball to just all the reasons why you just enjoy it. Don't worry about who the teams are, the ratings. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy it for what it for what it and let's localize it a little more. Josh Spores, winning pitcher. You know, he oh, he got the save. Yep. He got the save, yeah. but he was the winner in game 3 of the College World Series right. in 2015 when they beat Vanderbilt. He's won a College World Series where he was the most outstanding player and he's won a Major League World Series. Is he the first Cav to do that? I he, would bet he is. First Cav to win I, a College World Series was named right, most outstanding like, player. Ryan Zimmerman didn't play on a yeah, World Series. And won a World I mean, Series. A College World yeah. Series. Yeah. I mean, come on. There's there's your local angle to this thing. And don't forget, uh, the coach, I want I can't remember his first or third base coach, he comes from Caroline County. For? The Texas Rangers. I, I can see I can see his face because he took a picture. Let's find that out. He took a picture uh, with a friend of mine on Facebook. But yeah, uh, one of the coaches for the Texas Rangers is a Caroline County native. Wow. And I can't remember his name. But Tony Beasley. That, Tony Beasley. Yeah. That's it. You're right. It is. So he's got a World Series, Caroline County. Yes, I should add that to my quickly typewritten Ty- Ty- list yeah. on this add Word it, document. Add it. <laughs> Tony Beasley. Yep. There's another one. All right. So there's your there's your list of all. And look. Did I watch all nine innings of all? Well, I guess it was more than nine innings because they played extra innings in one game. One game. I that did was not. 11. I admit it. Yeah. I did not watch. I didn't watch every inning. Like but nobody, if, but see, if like the Phillies said, had been in there, yeah, I would have watched every inning. But they didn't. But I watched enough of it to say, well, this is the World Series. This is mm-hmm. enjoyable. Baseball didn't do anything wrong here by putting the two teams in. They didn't put the teams in. The teams did it to themselves they on, on the field. Way. They won, they their, won way. their way there. Or remember, they lost their way out. These were the two that won six and seven in their respective LCSs on the road. On the road. I just think there's, there was plenty of good. And, and the other one Matt was complaining about was having to do a bullpen game in game four. Like, oh, the D-backs, yeah. Like, have, has he not been watching the last several years? I'm not a big fan of bullpen games either. Especially but that's the that, way baseball's yeah. going. And I and I, you know, in that situation with the D-backs, you got to plan that a little bit better. There, sh- to me, and okay. I maybe, and I maybe I'm in the minority. I don't know if you'll agree. I don't think any postseason game, especially a World Series game, especially Game Four, that was a that's that's Agreed. the turning point for the D-backs because you were down two one. You have to res- you have to rely on a bullpen game. To potentially tie up the World Series, you gotta have that starter penciled in, get at least five innings, and then work your bullpen at that point. But this is not a regular season game where you can do that two and then maybe two two, and then the other relievers go one inning. This is Game Four of the World Series. You gotta have a, you gotta have a third or fourth starter in place to do what they're supposed to do. I'll give you that. I will. Um, I think I think some other teams kind of went a little bit that route, like the Phillies. Tampa did that. Started, also yeah, Tampa this, did that for a long time. Yeah, as and it did it in that se- in the series with Texas. I think Game Three uh, there in yeah. that series they went with the bullpen. Yeah. So I, I don't know. So that's just something to be able to chew on and talk about over the water cooler. I don't know that I criticize that all oh, the World Series stunk because they had to go to a, a bullpen game, right? I, I just no. Nah. 
I don't know. I just think the casual fan, if they see Texas and Arizona, they'll be like, eh. I agree. Totally agree with that. You, but you but I, would, I guess what I'm imploring is for the casual fan to give it a chance. Yeah. It wasn't that bad. Mm-mm. It was pretty darn well played, actually. I think what uh, – Game one was a, was a good one. Five came down basically to the eighth inning, to a certain degree. Uh, I mean, Arizona came back in game three, so three of the three of the five actually you had to go to at least the eighth inning or later uh, to decide a winner. So I mean, there were there were compelling moments, um, and we got those good storylines to to come out. We'll see next year. I got you know, a lot we'll, of lines of storylines. There you go. There you go. A lot of lines of storylines. A lot of lines of storylines. And look, there have been a few clunker Super Bowls along the way, haven't there? There was like a 10-year stretch when the NFC dominated, and they were like blowouts. But everybody still loves the Super Bowl and the NFL, so please give my beloved baseball a chance. Because of the halftime show. People were liking that. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. All right, here's what you're going to be liking about today's sports huddle. Here's what's coming up on today's Sports Huddle. This is a huge fan of sports. This is the River City Rundown. River City Rundown brought to you by the Richmond Chapter of the American Red Cross. Your help is needed for the Red Cross to continue to be on call for local or national emergencies. I want you to learn how you can help. To volunteer, maybe donate blood. All you do is visit redcross.org. That's redcross.org. All right, Sean Robertson, we got the big one coming up this weekend. The L. Douglas Wilder Classic, I understand it is. It is. It is the L. Douglas Wilder Classic. It is also Senior Day. It is also winner take all for the CIAA North title and the birth in the conference title game next week against Fayetteville. I believe it's the first time in the history of this rivalry that it's a winner take all showdown for a division title. Are you like doing the ceremonial coin flip before the game? I don't know or, if I don't know if they would want a Trojan on Union on, on probably hobby wouldn't let you to do, do the that, coin do toss, that. but yeah. I I will be there. You'll be there. I will be there. It's going to be a great atmosphere at Hovey Saturday afternoon. Well, both head coaches are going to be with us today. Would have been kind of cool to have them at the same time. We didn't quite orchestrate yeah. that. So we've got Alvin Parker, head coach at Virginia Union, and Dr. Henry Frazier, head coach at Virginia State, yep. who will both be with us uh, this afternoon. Uh, coach Frazier, I think, is 4.30, and Coach Parker is 5.30, yep. right? Both uh, are excited to, to talk about the game uh, on air uh, later today, and both are excited about this game. I had a I chance to sure. talk, talk to them both this week, and I mean – well, Parker played in this rivalry for four years as a fullback uh, for Virginia Union, and just 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 get to feel that energy. They're like, if they could play again, they would put those helmets on oh, for the, and represent those schools yeah. on the field on Saturday. Yep. Awesome stuff. All right, so both head coaches with us at 4.30 and 5.30 this afternoon. We are open beyond that to talk more college football, whether it's Tech or UVA you want to talk about, or JMU or Liberty. we got a couple unbeaten teams still Mm -hmm. going there. Or the NFL. I'd love to pick your brain on what the commanders did this week. And so, surprised I could sit in the chair with the fire that took place <laughs> up there in, in Ashburn. My so, goodness. So we'll get into we'll get into all of that. 804-327-0888. Get you on the air with us. 804-327-0888 on the air and our text line. We'll take them either way. We'll take our first break. Back on the other side, we're live in our ESPN Richmond studios this afternoon. Sean Robertson from CBS 6, Bob Black here, AJ producing, other side of the window. Back after a timeout, 1061 ESPN. Right way, the royal way. 
Jamie King is live weekday morning 7 to 8 to kick off a full day of sports analysis here on 1061 ESPN Richmond. Before we get into all this great college football stuff in the next segment, I'm excited about that too. Yeah. I got to brag on my guy for a moment here. Brag on your guy. Yeah. Jacob Gilliard. Okay. Last night for the Memphis Grizzlies. The, the pro, not the G League team. No, that, no. That, okay. Well, they, they play like a G League oh, team. Oh, oh my. Because they're 0 4. Oh, no, they're 0 5. I take oh. that back. That's probably good for him because he's getting way more time. And getting... that guy, Jai Morant, can't play for another. 20 games at least so he's got a shot here jacob gilliard off the bench 20 minutes three points three rebounds six assists one steal no turnovers like that last stat not bad right turnovers uh just in the matter of equal time vince williams Mm -hmm. uh he played 16 minutes double figure output with 12 points okay Two of five, one three-pointer, seven of eight, free throw line. Mm. Got the line, had a couple rebounds, three assists, three blocks. Okay. And as I look at this, those two guys were uh, two of their top three in the plus-minus category. Nice. Which I don't really look at that often, although I know it's it's, it's significant. Coaches look at it. Yeah. I don't necessarily, but Vince Williams was plus nine and Jacob Gilliard was plus four okay. in a game that they otherwise lost by 25 points. So I just wanted to brag. My guy is Jacob Gilliard. Your guy is Jacob Gilliard, the if, all-time. If, if Williams had elected leader. to go to Richmond, he'd be my guy too. But because Spiders wanted him too, and he made the mistake oh, of going to VCU. Look at no, that. I'm look at that. We like him. Look at that. He beat the Spiders. I love that kid. No, he's good. He beat the Spiders at the Robin Center a couple years ago. Now they're teammates, which I think is really cool. Yeah, but Jacob got 20 minutes uh, last night, and he nearly flawless performance. Like One for two from the floor, which was a three-pointer. Other than that, all positive stuff. For our guy. I wonder when they're together, you know, either on the bench or they're shooting around or shooting the breeze in Memphis, do they talk about the games they oh, had I'm against sure. each other? I'm sure. I think that happens to a lot of college guys. But I think it's even more cool, what cooler, whatever it is, mm-hmm. when they come from schools that don't ordinarily get guys into the NBA. True. I mean, it doesn't happen a lot. And rivals. I mean, th- and I mean rivals. it's still it's it's still a pretty good rivalry yeah. and you don't expect a ram and a spider to coexist at times, but they do. Yeah, and and they have played uh, when they've got when they've re- received their opportunity on that stage, they have taken advantage of it. Yep, um, but they are really bad. Apparently, I must admit I haven't watched. I haven't seen but. the Grizz, and I, and I told a friend of mine. I said I'm 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 starting not to maybe not watch a lot of NBA. This whole James Harden thing, you know, forcing his way out again of a franchise to get what he wants. This is getting utterly ridiculous. These owners keep talking about, you know, we're not going to give the, the 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 star player that particular t- this particular type of treatment. And yet again, for his third time, he has forced his way out to get exactly what he wants. And this is absolutely ridiculous. Well, at least every time he's jumped, he's helped the team win a championship. Oh, oh no! Wait a minute! No, wow. James Harden hasn't won a championship. Look at that! I like that, Bob. Huh. I like that sarcastic, that sarcastic tone there. I, I'm nothing else if not sarcastic. Let me slide one call in before yep. we get to the break, and then don't want to keep the coaches waiting. Ron, you're on the sports huddle with Sean and Bob. Thanks for calling. Sean and Bob uh, wanted to throw in another tidbit that was overlooked by the announcers uh, last night in reference to uh, the game. Virginia ties. You had Paven Smith. 
facing uh, Spores. Is that the way you pronounced it last yes, name? Yes, Josh Spores. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And, and they didn't mention and, that? Uh, no. Wow. I listened to it. If, if they said it, it was under my radar, and I was waiting for it. And uh, I was telling my wife, I said, somebody didn't do their homework because both of them played together, I think, on the 2015 team. That's right. Um, according to, you know, the information I pulled up. So, um I uh, thought that was uh, a nugget that really went by the wayside, mm. unfortunately. So that's a good one. I didn't have that one on my list. Yeah, I, but didn't, I didn't. I didn't mention. I didn't think of Peyton Smith, but I saw the matchup. That's the funny thing. I saw the matchup because he struck him he out. Pinch hit. He came into pinch hit yeah, and he struck him out. Struck yep. him out. Yeah. Yep. I think he fell behind three and zero. Right. I think he fell behind three and zero and came back and got him. That's surprising. Like they didn't even mention yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. You know that happened quite a few times last night wow. where. It would either start off three and zero, and the guy would strike out, or vice versa. That was that was interesting. Yeah, it was. I'm glad you were watching. I'm glad you picked up on that one. All right, guys, take care. Have a good Thursday. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate Thanks, Ron. it. Good. I'm going to add that nugget as the from the localization of the World Series. Yeah, you. I mean, I understand. You know, you're not trying to focus all the time on a particular region when you have a matchup like that. But when they played at the highest level in college together and won a World Series, and now you're at the highest stage of Major League Baseball against each other. I would think that should be something you mentioned. Hey, Pavin Smith, former Cavalier, Cavalier. against his teammate who he won a championship with in 2015. Come on, Joe Davis. Step it up a little bit there. John Smoltz. (laughs) Come on, Smoltzy. Yeah, come on, Smoltzy, Hall of Famer. (laughs) Mention that. Come on. But that's what we're here for. It is. And our callers. Sometimes (laughs) they know more than we do. He was on top of that. He was. Good call there, I'm glad he was watching. I'm glad he enjoyed it. All of that. All right, 427 on the Sports Auto. We are going to dive into Virginia State and Virginia Union. we got both coaches on the air with us this afternoon. Dr. Frazier is going to start it off here in uh, at 430 at the bottom of the hour. We'll get that perspective. Then we'll do it all over again with Coach Parker at 530 as well. So let's get the break in. We'll get underway on our Virginia State-Virginia Union talk, previewing the big game coming up Saturday next on 1061 ESPN. needs to be said so we won't say much more just that we'll have all the action this sunday here on your home for the dallas cowboys 1061 espn richmond that's right monday night the spiders home season opener against vmi at the robin center we'll talk about that matchup and how Actually, Bob and I <laughs> are rivals. Our rivals that Monday night. <laughs> I can't believe it. But we'll talk about that in just a minute. But Bob had mentioned it before we went to break. I'm going to say it. I won't say Bob will say it. I'm going to say it. It's the game of the year in the state of Virginia right now. CIAA North title at stake and a berth in the CIAA championship game next week against Fayetteville State. We got Virginia State, Virginia Union at Hovey Stadium. We're going to preview this matchup first with the Trojans' perspective, and that's the head coach in his second year at Virginia State, Dr. Henry Frazier III, who is giddy, Bob. He is giddy about this matchup Saturday afternoon. Right, Coach? Yes, sir. I I can't wait, man. That's why I came back into coaching, man. I love these kind of games. We we talked about that earlier today. I mean, uh, 7-0 start. You mentioned that to me. It was your best coaching start ever. You had never gone 7-0 until this year, you had the hiccup against Elizabeth City, and then the, the the strong bounce back against Lincoln last Saturday when you guys scored seventy five points. How how important was not only the win, but how you performed in the victory against Lincoln last Saturday to get ready for Union? 
I thought it was good because we got pushed around a little bit with Elizabeth City. I wasn't a very good coach, didn't get my team ready to play. And they came in our, in, in our place and, and pushed us around and got the win. So we, we came out, I think it was more so about proving something to ourselves that we wasn't as bad as we showed that week. But we also, you know, we showed we wasn't as good as we thought we were, you know. So it was one of those games that kind of get you on the back to even kill and, and, and get, you, get you tuned up for this week. I wouldn't think there'd be any even keel about this week, Coach. How did, what's the narrative to your players this week about this game? We win, we in. Hmm. It's real simple. Hmm. We win, we in. So we win this ball game, we win the championship game. So, it, you know, and it, it, it's even sweeter because we're playing against, you know, Virginia Union, the rival right up mm-hmm. the road. So you don't have to do much to get them pumped up for that game, but it, 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 it means a little more this week. How have they responded to that this week? I mean, sometimes I think kids can get a little over giddy, to use Sean's word. How have they? What have you seen from your guys? How have you read them in practice this week? I think they're pretty locked in, pretty focused. We can't get over giddy if we're gonna stay with giddy <laughs> with a team like Virginia Union coming around because I mean they're ranked in the top ten in the nation in nine categories. They they haven't given up over twenty points all season. You know, so they're giving up 10 points a game. They, You know, you can't get nothing but prepared when you're going against a juggernaut like that. I mean, they're, they're physical, they're big, you know, they're kind of mean, they're kind of nasty. They, I think they're little bullies. And I think we need to maybe tune in the Bully Foundation or somebody <laughs> to, to get after these guys the way they're pushing people around on film. You know, Coach, they can hear our radio station <laughs> on Lombardi Street, right? You do know they can hear you at Union, right? Yeah, man, bullying is wrong, man. You should not bully. <laughs> Doctor Fraser has 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 written books about that. You don't bully. You don't bully. Yeah, yeah that's going to be the uh, fourth release when we release that book. It's called City Boy C Man Has Courage, Not My Friend. That's what's going to be about bullying. I like it. Yeah, I so like that, it. That one will come out probably in twenty five because the second book is doing so well. We got to push the release back for the third book. Back. Nice. Yeah. Now, now we talked early in the season. You had a great atmosphere down in Norfolk in your first game against Norfolk State, a rival with Norfolk State in the Labor Day Classic. Now this one with everything at stake. How much can maybe those guys lean on going into that type of environment, winning in that type of environment, and maybe using that and how you kind of led up to that week for Saturday's game against Union? It's definitely a reference point because Mm – you know, it is an in-state rival, and we expecting. I mean, it was over twenty thousand at that game. We're expecting whatever that a uh, Hobie Field can hold. I'm sure it'll be at capacity and standing room only. So, and that was a, a awesome atmosphere in Norfolk. So we expected it to be a little bit more intense, a little bit more intimate. If I remember correctly, how close the the stands are to oh, the yeah. field at Virginia Union. So. Uh, you know, we're expecting it to be be, be bananas, so to speak. So, and, and, and you know, it's what you play these type of. You know, you you coach and you play for these type of games. You know, let's, let's not sugarcoat it because half the teams in the country is playing their last game, packing it, turning their equipment in on Monday, and, and they're done. But we 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 playing meaningful football in November, and that's what it's all about. I mean, you practice, you lift weights all year. And now we're going into our last regular season of the game with of the season with a chance to go to the championship game against 
our crosstown rivals. Come on, man. It don't get no better than that. I love it. I love it. I, I don't really want to use this word in this question, Coach, but I guess I will. It's only your second year there at State. Did you expect – that's the word I don't really want to use because I know you expected to be in this position. But how do you kind of – unravel that you have gotten to be in this position in such a quick period of time for you and, and your staff that have been there less than two years? Yeah, actually, 18 months to be exact. Yeah. <laughs> We're 17 months and three weeks to be exact. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and I didn't I, – it's a, it's a bit of a surprise, but not because of the way we played last year. And I think I was asked this question earlier today, and, and I, I, my hat goes off to Coach Barlow and his staff because they have it was some really neat, really committed young men that they left us with. So it's just a matter of those guys buying into what I was selling, and then me adding up, you know, about fifty, fifty-five guys to the to the mix. And and the fact that we had success last year, they won three games the year before I got there, and we doubled that up with six. So I think the guys that was able to, I guess, handle off season and make it through spring ball and summer. The guys that were left, they were totally bought in. They were like, maybe this guy do know a little bit about about winning and, and about you know building culture and things along those lines. So I thought we had a chance to be good this year. I thought we would be a tough out, especially with with the guys that we had. But when we had those injuries. Week three, week four with our quarterback, our, our, our starting running back, our, our, our top receiver. When those guys went down and then the next guys just kind of stepped up and, and then the train kept rolling, I said, wow, you know, this this could be a special year. With that being said, when what was the moment that told you we got something special here? If everything I, plays out right, this, this can be that team that will play in November in the championship game. Yeah, it was it was Norfolk. Okay. It was Norfolk. I mean, because they they're good. They're a Division One program. They got sixty three scholarships. They got you know ten full time coaches and 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 when we went we we ran for over three hundred yards against them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa. And then week two, even though it was in the rain, us beating a very good Tusculum team. Mm-hmm. I said, whoa, we 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 gonna we got a chance. We gonna we gonna be a tough out down the stretch. We just gotta keep working, keep stacking good practices, keep stacking good games, and then we'll have a chance to to, to have a say so in who goes to the championship in this conference. Coach, you talked about Union's defense giving up only ten points a game. Well, your defense only giving up about seventeen points a game. What what's making those guys so good? Yeah, and that's misleading as well. We gave up six non-defensive touchdowns oh, this year. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you take away 42 points, that might be 13 points. Yeah, but I, absolutely. Who's no one's counting. <laughs> no one but you, Coach. <laughs> no one's counting. You know. All right, so what makes your defense so good? Even better than what the stat sheet shows. <laughs> Actually, they've been healthy. Hmm. And that's a knock on wood. We, we, we've started the same guys. We've had one guy, a little linebacker, Tyrone Fisher, that, that was out of the lineup with the, with the injury. And, but then Carl Poole steps up and, and been dominant and the transfer from Liberty. So other than that, those guys have been intact. And, and, and they've been very consistent. They, they, they told we, we have all position coaches this year. You didn't realize we had one coach coaching the Rovers, Sam's, safeties and cornerbacks last year 
Mm. So now we was able to dispense some things, get some part-time guys in there, and and now we have a, a, a corners coach, a, a, a safeties coach, you know. So now those guys can get get individualized coaching because they wasn't getting it last year because we were so thin. And then the guy that we had hired, he just couldn't make it to practice. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Then we were able to hire a defensive end and a defensive tackles coach. You know, so we we, we kind of mixed up the responsibility. So it's five guys over there coaching versus three, and and they responded extremely well. I think you also mentioned this week the fact that you want your players and you want your staff to imp- to embrace this moment and not – I guess make it just another game, as opposed to you always, you know, the, you know, you always say you take it one week at a time. Take that next opponent. Well, this is the next opponent with the stakes so high. You want the fact that they are going to embrace the moment and everything that's going along with this game Saturday. You have to, because hey, look, hey, we must have no win. It ain't no next week. Mm-hmm. So the beautiful thing is this doesn't happen all all the time. And coaches got these cliches and and one and oh this week and next next week nah we're playing for a chance to go to the championship this is what it is mm-hmm. and 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 you because last year we we, we wasn't last year we were playing getting ready to pack it in and and we were one game and had we beat Shawan last year's game would have been the win and go to the championship but we didn't so we were able to get that extra win that we needed somewhere along the way to be able to play meaningful football in November. So, no, it's not just another game. It's your rival, and it's a chance to make it to the championship game to win the Northern Division Championship, something that hasn't been done in six years. Mm -hmm. So nobody on this team has won a Northern Division Championship or gone to the championship in the CIAA. So it's not just another game. It's not just another game for them because I don't think they've made it to the championship in the last six or seven years or whenever the last time they made it. So it is huge. So you you understand the ramifications, and you embrace it because these are things you talk about 15, 20, 30 years from, from now when you come back for homecoming, you know. And as a matter of fact, when we beat Virginia State when I was the head coach at Bowie State in, I want to say, 02 or 03, something like that, mm-hmm. it was the winner to go to the championship that. We beat them 10-6 to 6 up at Bowie. The guys that were on that team still talk about that game going to the championship. And that was over 20 years ago. And so, no, it's not just another game. This is, this is for an all-chance to get to the championship. And, and they don't come along often. You may want to have them every year, but you just don't. Mm-hmm. So when you get a chance to do it, man, I, I'm so fired up because, <laughs> man, I, I just didn't know if I ever was going to be in this situation again. And yeah. then the, for God to bless me with another chance to, to, to try to get me another. I got about 10 rings. <laughs> man, I, I put one on my toe. Give me the 11 one. Let's go get it. All right. Let me, let me finish this up. Coach, on Saturday afternoon, our guy here, Sean Robertson, is going to be on the sideline. He's shooting highlights for Channel 6, and he's going to look really impartial, and he's going to look really (laughs) neutral, but we know better. So I want you to speak to your number one alum right now. How does his alma mater win this game Saturday afternoon? It's real simple. We have to match their physicality. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a God rest his soul. He's in my book, Big Brownie. He was the bully of the neighborhood. Brownie punched me one time. I yelled for my father. My father looked out the window and looked at me and said, what you want me to do? I'm not hitting the child. 
I, I ain't going to jail. Shut the window and say, you cannot come back in my house. So I had to hit Brownie back in his face. And, and that's what we got to do. We got to hit that bully back in his face because they coming out swinging. That's the number one thing. And the, number, the second thing is, Virginia Union is an opportunistic team. They don't make many mistakes, but they make you pay when you make mistakes. So we got to protect the ball, and we got to play mistake-free football. We got to make them drive the length of the field of score. We got to make them earn everything that they're going to get because they will force you to make a mistake. And when they do, they capitalize on it 90% of the time. So we hit that bully back in the face, minimize our mistakes, and make them earn everything. My number one fan and alumni going to be interviewing us next week as we get ready for Salem, Virginia. Enough said. I love it. Wow. I love it. One o'clock kickoff at Hovey Stadium. Virginia State, Virginia Union, winner take all, CIAA North title, and the birth and the championship game next Saturday against Fayetteville State. That was head coach Dr. Henry Fraser III. Thanks as always, coach. I will see you Saturday. Hopefully, we're going to try to get Bob out there too <laughs> and see him at, at Hovey Stadium as well for the showdown. That'd be fun. Thank you, all coach. Right. Well, I appreciate you guys having me. Good Anytime. luck. Yep. Thanks, coach. All right. Thank you. Awesome stuff. Wow, I got fired up. See? <laughs> I think it's better to be fired up than giddy, Sean. I'm ready to suit up. Yeah, as a, as a football coach, I think you want to be fired up, not Well, giddy. he said giddy once. He did say giddy. He said giddy he once to me. But then, yeah, he, he like I said, when we talked earlier today, he was so excited about this game. And just, like you said, you know, a couple of years ago, he got the job at Virginia State, not really knowing if he'll get another opportunity. And, and in 18 months, he's got this team a win away from playing in the conference championship game. And I... I he, that was a question. I said, it was. were you surprised about it? Good word, and too. And he said it was. Yeah. He thought he was. I was surprised been, by his answer, yeah. actually. He said he was a little surprised given, I guess, you know, how late he came in in 22. But he, he gave a lot of credit to Reggie Rollo. He had a lot of talent mm-hmm. from that 21 team to stay with those additions and meshing them together. I think the offseason was huge. Having that full offseason with him and his staff and that recruiting class, that first recruiting cycle as well, was very beneficial, and being in the transfer portal for that first year as well. He says he's going to do the same thing again, get some more high school players, but go in that portal uh, next year. He he hopes this is going to be a, a more consistent theme of getting to this position year after year after year, but he cannot wait for Saturday against Virginia Union. You know what I want to do with this interview? I want to, not because of anything you or I did that was all that great, but the <laughs> things that he had to say. I want to send this interview to every player and every coach at Ohio State and Georgia and Michigan and Florida State and Penn State and Alabama and Oklahoma Mm -hmm. and let them listen to the passion and the pride and the emotion Mm -hmm. that he had. And yet he talked about scrounging up enough coaches to fill out a staff, to have coaches that are coaching three and four positions, to have part-time coaches Mm -hmm. doing what they're doing and let those big boy schools understand the passion and how important this football is to them you got to win at any cost if that means you've got to pull peter to rob paul or something like that that's what you got to do and that's how uh you know for our hbcus virginia state virginia union sometimes you got to do that sometimes it all it doesn't always result in successful seasons this year, that has been the exception mm-hmm. with Virginia State to be in this position. And hats off to those guys that were willing to take that position to be a part of the organization and and, and 
to, in a, a certain way, better themselves or present themselves better for a potential full-time job should it come in, uh, come into place. You're going to ask the same great questions in an hour? We're going to do our best. You will. We're going to do our I best. know you will. We're going to do our best. Will. All right, that's half the story of Virginia State, Virginia Union, the union side coming up at 5.30 this afternoon. Let's get a break in here before we get to the top of the hour. I really enjoyed that one. <laughs> that, that was a great conversation. And I will not wear orange and blue. I'm not going to wear orange and blue. I'm going to be very neutral. It might be black or something like that, but I'm not I'm not going to show any favoritism. I will, int- I will uh, interview the winner. Whoever it is, just like I normally do during the course of the year. I know you will. But that was fun. I like both teams until they play each other, and then I got to go for my alma mater. Yeah, you do. And you're in a fortunate situation where both teams are really good this year. They are really good. You've had a lot of good things going. Uh, We're going right back after the break. 1061 ESPN. This has actually turned out to be a great bye weekend. For the Spiders. Yeah. I mean, you got Union and State. Mm-hmm. I could watch Georgia Tech, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Louisville, James Madison, Georgia State, Coastal Carolina, Old Dominion. Wow. We got three CAA games that will have major implications. Because William and Mary plays. William and Mary plays uh, Albany, I okay. think. Uh, Villanova Del- plays New Hampshire, and Delaware plays Elon. Ooh. So those are all. I'm Coach Usman at, at his radio show today said, I'll be watching some CA oh, football yeah. Saturday. And I'm thinking that Delaware Elon is going to be first oh, and yeah. foremost. Yeah, I think so. Oh, yep. yeah. Yeah. That's big. That's so there's lots one. of good games to watch this Absolutely. Weekend. Too bad I'm going furniture and clothes <laughs> shopping on Saturday. That's why you got the radio. Got You got to do it. Yeah, you do. That's why you have radio. You got the radio. God, we love radio. And your phone. And the phone, which is a radio. Yes. Yes. So I got to get away from it a little bit. Otherwise, I would be it. If if I could do the ceremony of coin flip, I might come. Come on! What the heck? You and Doug Wall will be right there at the fifty yard <laughs> line. Is he supposed to be there to do that? I I'm hope? assuming. Yeah, I his, hope so. since his name is yeah. on the game. I would assume that, but you ne- you never know. I think yeah. I think he'll be there because that's that's you know, and maybe see some other uh, political people. You know, this is the uh-huh. year. Yeah. We're a couple days away from it. Is it is the year. we might. That is perfect timing. We got a lot of voters. Vote yes, vote no, vote for him, vote for her. Oh. I would not be shocked that if I see some. That could swell the crowd. Absolutely. I would not be shocked if I see some political people That's a great at, point. at Hubby Stadium on Saturday for that. All right. Some of you may have heard Sean slide this in that he and I are going to be rivals <laughs> come Monday. We'll tell you what that's all about after the ESPN Sports Center update. At the top of the hour, and then hour two of what really has been a feel-good Thursday edition of the Sports Huddle. Sean and I coming back after the top of the hour timeout, 1061 ESPN. Turn to Hernan Allen Plumbing, Heating, and